Turn in your Bibles, please. Good to have you with us tonight to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter number 16, 2 Samuel chapter number 16. Second Samuel, chapter number 16. And we'll begin at verse number 5. I will read out loud. You follow along with me, please. And uh, then we'll go that way. Go ahead, go ahead. There we go. And uh, starting in verse number 5, chapter number 16. And when King David came to Bahurim, Behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. <coughs> Excuse me. He came forth and cursed still as he came, and he cast stones at David and all the servants of the king of King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. Now I picture this as this guy is doing this, and all of his men are protecting David. They're all around. This is what I picture. And thus said Shimei when, I'm in verse 7, he, uh, when he cursed, come out, and this is what he's talking, yelling at David, come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial, he's calling him the son of the devil. He said, the Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom. We know this story. I'll bring you up to date here in a minute. Thy son... And behold, thou art taken in the mischief because thou art a bloody man. Verse number 9. Then said Abishai, the son of Jeriah, unto the king. Now this is one of David's mighty men. He says this. Why should this dead dog, you got to love a guy like this. Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Now, I'm not for violence, but I love that. Think that what it was was he wasn't looking just to kill somebody. He loved David. He's going to give his life for David. And so I'm going to tell you this story, and I want to talk to you about something. And here it is. I'm just going to do a lot of teaching. I've got a lot of scripture we're going to use here. But I want you to understand. There's a reason why I'm going to teach on this. It's not for all you real good fundamentalists. There's nothing going on right now. This preventative preaching. Okay. This is preventative. One of these days you're going to wait a minute. Preacher said something about this. That's what I'm after, okay? Right now, as far as I know, we don't have this problem. But preventive maintenance is a pretty good thing. A lot of us wouldn't be in near some of the problems we're in if we would have just had some preventative maintenance, had somebody taught us what to do before a panic time or a hurtful time came. So that's what I'm after here. So let's pray. We're going to talk about lessons on loyalty, lessons on loyalty. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for this story of David, one of your children, that you opened his life and talked many times in detail about the good days and the bad days, the blessed days and the sinful days. I don't know if another dad would do something like that, but you did, not to be hurtful, rub David's nose in it, so to speak, but to help us that we might learn from his example. And so I thank you for that. Help me to help your people tonight. Lord, I know that a church like ours cannot go for very long without entering into a battle of some kind. Sometimes it is sickness that weighs on us and worries us and causes us to fret. Other times it's because of something that's happening within among the people that's going to cause harm. All these kinds of things can go on to distract and keep us away from where we're supposed to be. Help us, Lord, please. This preventive maintenance thing. You gave us a book and said, here, pay attention to that. This will help you. May we get in the Bible. May we study the Bible. May we learn from the Bible, realizing this is God's eternal word, and he knows what he's talking about. Let me help the people tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Life often, you, I, I'm going to tell you some redundant things you already know. Life many times uh, goes in cycles or circles. We call it cyclical. Okay. Uh, the book of Judges is, is ideal about this. You see the judges back there. And the Bible talks about how they, they serve the Lord, and then God prospered them, and then they forgot the Lord, then the Lord punished them, and then they cried out to the Lord, and they just keep doing this. It's like they never learn. Uh, it reminds me of a lot of Christians today. Uh, we do the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different outcome. You know what they call that, right? Insanity. We keep hoping for a different outcome. We keep doing the same thing over and over again. 
It's kind of like the man or woman that marries a certain type of person. They get up enough courage to finally get rid of them. They go right back to the bar and find another guy just the same way. I've never understood that. And a lot of people say, well, my dad was a drunk, and that's why I'm a drunk. No, you're a drunk because you choose to be a drunk. It's not because of what your dad was. And you say, well, I'm redheaded, and i got a short temper. Well, I'm not redheaded, and i got a short temper. What does that mean? It's a choice that we have. And so we find out here a lot of things in life go around in circles. Many today, uh, sometimes people that are on top right now, for those of you with health and money and everything's going your way, you may find yourself on the all the thing they have to do. Biden keeps spending money the way he is. Uh, all the money you invest is going to come to nothing. I told my wife, she says, honey, if we do this and this, what happens if the economy goes down? We're all going to be in the same boat. Ain't going to make a bit of difference after that. So I better use it wisely right now. Amen. And so anyway, some of those that are on top will be on the bottom, and some of those on the bottom may be on the top again. So one person said one time, you need to be careful working your way up the ladder how you treat people. Uh, they could very well be the same people you're going to have to meet and depend on coming down the ladder. So we need to be nice to people and do what's right. David started as a shepherd, as a shepherd. Nobody even knew where he was. His dad says he's out on the hill somewhere. They didn't know where he was to become the world-renowned warrior that everybody heard about, fighting Goliath and on. That's not the only battle he had, by the way. A lot of people think it is. But David went from being a shepherd boy to a renowned warrior. David went from a world-renowned warrior to public enemy number one. Let's see, he went up here and then went back down here. And this happened to David quite often. He was chased as an outlaw and disloyal to the king, which wasn't true. Wasn't true at all. And from that being chased, he said, as a flea or a dog. Now, that's pretty low, a flea or a dog. And David looked at the king and said, why are you chasing me? I'm a flea. I'm a dead dog. What is the problem here? So David went from the heights to the bottom and then back up again. From being a mighty king to being on the run again, stripped of his position and his possessions. David lost it all again. You're going to find out something in life. Somebody has told us this way life should be. I'd like you to show me the man or the couple that that truly happens to and never gets at all. We keep thinking about this perfect idea of marriage, child rearing, job, church. It's shocking to me how many people think that church should never have any problems if they're doing things right. There is no Bible for that at all. That's not even a reality in life. That's a fairy tale. Same thing in your marriage. Oh, I thought it would all be nice. We'd, we'd run across the field in daisies and he'd swing me around and we'd have, we'd have lunch out here on a, on a quilt. And a, well, none of that came true. And you're so disappointed because the fairy tale that was made up, there was no real reality to it. So go to 1 Samuel chapter number 16. David has survived King Saul's chasing him and trying to kill him. God has given him the position on the throne. David's on the throne now. He's up where he's supposed to be, and he's the leader of the people. Now disloyalty, now that David's in position, erupted within the ranks of his kingdom, his men, and then also in his own home. Now that's tough. That's tough when you're fighting a battle in your own kingdom. Let's say church. I know a lot of preachers, as they're facing something within the church, they got problems in their home too. Here's the first thing we think about. He shouldn't be running things. Do you have any idea what you're talking about? Seriously? You do understand that preachers are human beings with problems stuff just like you, except it's multiplied. He can't just go home and stay home for the weekend. That's one story. By the way, we say, well, I'm not feeling well. That covers a multitude of sins. It almost hinges on the point of lying, doesn't it? And so what happens here is this, his own family, Absalom. You remember Absalom? You remember Amnon and Tamar? All this stuff going on in his family causes Absalom, causes a revolution, and David walks away from the kingdom. He just got it not too many years after that. Now he's on the run and leaving from there again. As he and his mighty men are walking out, we just read right here in, in chapter number 16, there was a guy there by the name of Shimei, if I'm pronouncing his name right, and he turns on David. He turns on David. Look at verse number 5 again. And when the king came to Bahurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul. The family of the house of Saul. Now this is Saul that was after David because he was jealous and said, you're not taking my kingdom. That's going to go to Jonathan. His own son said, Dad, what's the big deal? That's God, that God's anointed. I, it doesn't matter to me. And then he, he calls 
his son, some bad names. And uh, so we find out here, and so this man in verse number five, his name is Shimei, the son of Gera, he came forth and cursed still as he came, as he was coming up upon David, and he's running along this ridge, he's cursing at David, and then he picks up rocks, starts throwing them at David, and he casts stones at David and at all the servants of, now this is kind of foolish, because these are David's mighty men. Now you just got to be crazy, haven't you heard the stories about these people? They don't play around. These guys are serious to the point of, David, you give me the okay, I'll cut his head off for you. This, this is serious stuff here. And the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left hand. And thus Shimei, when he cursed, here's what he said. He said, come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial. So he's calling him the son of the devil. And he's saying, you're a bloody man. And here's the reason why. Verse number eight. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul. He's saying, everything you did to Saul's house now coming back on you. You ever notice how people do that? You're standing for what's right. They go, okay, well, one of these days, and all of a sudden, something happens to you. And now, 40 years later, they go, see, I knew it was going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, after 40 years, thank you for waiting. But this is what people do. Look, folks, whether you like it or not, people are waiting for this church to cave. Your relatives are, your friends are, people in the neighborhood are. Don't fool yourself into thinking, oh, people really miss this place. A lot of people will. But some, they've been holding their breath for the day. 40 years later, 35 years later, this coming July be 35 years later, here's what some people are going to say. You know, I knew something was wrong. How about King David? King David was anointed by God as a teenager. He went through all of this and was still standing for right, and now look what's happening to him again. And this guy takes the opportunity to start cursing him. And tell, I know what the problem is here. Because of what you did to Saul, now it's coming on you. And then he talks about Absalom here, the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, my son. Oh, yeah, see, it didn't belong to you. That's why it's in Absalom's hand right now. But that's not the reason why. Absalom was upset with his daddy because he didn't handle a problem, right? And he said, I'm going to get the kingdom. We'll talk about that in a minute. So all of this is going on. He calls him a bloody man. So here we have a man by the name of Shimei who turns on David. Shimei never was loyal to David. He never was loyal to David, even though he was a part of that kingdom. He wasn't a part of that. He wasn't. Shimei was of the house of Saul, and he blamed David for Saul's death and for taking Saul's king. You're, you did this. You're the one that upset everything. You're the one that did this. So what happens here? Shimei did not know the truth. He didn't know the truth, and he didn't know all the facts. And by the way, we do that a lot, do we not? Well, what else could it be? I don't know, but until you find out, won't you just shut up? Now, I hate to be abusive in my language, but good grief. I told my wife the other day, we're up at uh, uh, Veterans. I, I don't normally do this. You have green hair, I may say something. But I was at Veterans the other day, and uh, Veterans can be a little belligerent, can't you? And uh, so I heard this guy talking, and he's coming down the hallway. And I mean, he's just loud, and he's bragging, and he keeps saying things like, yeah, people say I talk too much, and that's what gets me into trouble. And, and uh, I was overseas here, and I was overseas there, and I did this, and I saw that, and I faced this, and I told the government this. First of all, anybody that talks a lot about their exploits probably didn't have any. Because military people don't do that. They just don't. It's not an unwritten rule. They just don't. The deeper into it you are, the less you want to talk about it. That's just the way it goes. So he comes in. There's this huge guard with him, a younger guy, and he's just standing there. saying, yeah, yeah, I talk too much and it gets me in trouble. And then he starts cussing. Now, what most people do, they just kind of roll their eyes and turn their head. Uh, I, I, I have a tough time doing that. So he's going on about how he talks too much and it's always got him into trouble and people don't believe him when he says this and, and he starts cussing. I stood up and I walked over and I said, you're right, you talk too much, shut up. I said, listen to me. You talk too much, and you need to shut up, and you need to shut up now. There are women and children in here, and I don't want to hear it anymore, and you need to shut up. The guard looked at me and said, I don't care. <laughs> now, he was an old guy, so I wasn't too worried about it. <laughs> I'd probably pull a muscle if I did anything, but anyway. So what do we have here? Shimei did not know the truth. He did not know 
what all had transpired. He only knew, I'm related to Saul, I'm of his household, and look what happened to him. And so he runs off on a tangent telling everybody what he doesn't know. Then we go to 2 Samuel 23. Turn there. 2 Samuel chapter number 23. Go down to verse number 18. Now we have, that was Shimei. Now we have a guy by the name of Abishai. Now Abishai, is, he's a great guy. By the way, you'll find out that he was related to Joab, and there were three or four of David's mighty men all come from the same family. Now what would that tell you? It tends to run in families. Great Christianity seems to come out of great Christianity. You ever notice that? Great warriors seem to follow great warriors. How many times have you heard on the news, yeah, my grandfather was in the war, my dad was in the Korean War, my dad was in, uh, my grandfather was in the Korean War, my dad was in the Vietnam War, and I was over in the Middle East. You say, why do you keep doing it? It seems to run in families. And people that are good at what they do tend to pass that on to other people. So we have the same thing here. Abishai was one of David's mighty men. Look at verse number 18 of chapter 23. And Abishai, the brother of Joab, Joab was David's general. One of the toughest guys around. And watch what it says. The son of Zariah was chief among those. This was no, no average tough guy. He was a chief among those, and he lifted up his spear against 300 and slew them. This is not some fake karate movie. This is reality. This is a tough guy. And you have to understand something here. Who came, Abishai, one of David's mighty men, who came to David not when David was on the throne, not when David was up here. Man, I'd like to be related to a guy like that. Boy, I want to be associated with a guy that's on the throne. No, he came to David when he was in the cave of Abdullah. And by the way, you read the scripture and you'll find out all of those that were broke and poor and had problems, yeah, those are the ones that came to David. Sounds like Anchor Baptist Church. And so what happens here, we come to find out he didn't come to David and said, you know, you're on your way up. I want to go up with you. No, David was out of the kingdom in the cave of Dulam when a lot of these people came to him and said, we still know God's with you. We want to be a part of that. Abishai was with David on his ups and downs. You know why? Because he was loyal. Loyalty is a hard thing we find anymore. He openly showed his loyalty. Look in chapter 16 and verse number 9. He openly showed it. Openly, key word, openly showed it. Chapter 16, verse 9. And Abishai, the son of Zariah, uh, unto, said unto the king, why should this dead dog, I still like this, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray then. Now he's not, he's not hiding his feelings here. He says, not right. I don't care what the outcome is. Let me loose on this guy and I'm going to take care of business here. No doubt in my mind where Abishai stood when it came to loyalty. When it came about David, there's no doubt in your mind where he stood. This wasn't like a, man, this is my opportunity to look good. That's not what he did. He was loyal to David, and I'm not putting up with that. That's just the way he was. That's what they did back in those days. Is he for David? I don't have to guess whether he's for David or against David. It's pretty obvious here. You give me a chance, I'll climb up the side of this hill, and I'll take that guy's head off, David. Give me the word. So there's no question in mind either whether he was for David or against David. Shimei, disloyal. Disloyal. Abishai, loyal. Then there are those people that a word called all-loyal. You know what those people are? You never know for sure where they truly stand. You never know. So we have loyal, disloyal, and all-loyal. I'm going to try to tell you the difference between the two of them. For example, Ahithophel was David's primary counselor. Now, David created a problem because he slept with Bathsheba, who this happened to be, I think it was his grand, her grandfather, got a little upset about things. And then also Absalom. These types take advantage of the blessings and privileges offered to them when people are going up. They grab onto their coattails and they say, look what we did. And when they go down, they let go of the coattails and say, you're on your own. Loyal, disloyal. You see, they offered them the blessings and privileges offered them when David was king, yet all the while hoping and planning and plotting with others against David's success. This is politics at its best or at its worst. Go to 2 Samuel chapter number 15. 2 Samuel chapter 15, go down to verse number 2. Watch very carefully here. I said Ahithophel and Absalom. Now Absalom was of David's family. He was the pretty boy in the family. He's a tough guy, but he was a pretty boy, no doubt about it. He walked by a plate glass window and he stared at himself. 
He's always combing his hair, wondering if every hair is in place. He had a beautiful head of hair. No, I'm not jealous. I'm just simply saying that's what the Bible teaches. So look, if you would, please, at verse number 2. And Absalom rose up early and stood by the way of the gate. Now, this is where everybody came in, and this is where all your counselors were, and this is where your judges sat. This is what they did back in those days. When they said that uh, um, Lot was at the gate, that was a place of privilege and judgment. People would stop there and say, here we have this problem. What do you think? That's where the elder sat. And now look who we find here. We don't find David here or Hithophel here. We find Absalom here. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so that when any man had a controversy uh, that came to the, oh, the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him. Excuse me, excuse me. Are, are you here to see the king? Come over here. Let me tell you. Watch very carefully. And he said, of what city art thou? He said, thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, see, thy matters are good and right. But there is no man to depute of the king to hear thee. That means somebody assigned to hear problems like we have. Absalom uh, said, moreover, oh, that I were made judge in the land. And every man which hath uh, any suit, lawsuit, if you would, or problem, or cause might come unto me, I would do him justice. By the way, he didn't say one thing against David. He didn't say one thing against David. He never mentioned David's name. He didn't say David was a lousy king and that was David's problem. And usually, No, no, he was simply talking, right? And it was so when any man came nigh to him to do obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel, all loyal, never openly against. Understand, key word, never openly against David so that anybody would notice, but never openly for David when others would raise questions. That's all loyal. So what did he mean by you think he's against David? No, he didn't say so. But why would he say that? I, I don't know, but I don't see they never know. These are people that vacillate back and forth within certain bounds that they're not here and they're not here. They're not disloyal. They're not openly disloyal and they're not openly loyal. They just playing in between. They have their self-interest in mind here. By the way, later in our story, we find out that Absalom dies and Shimei does not drop out of the, out of the sight of David. David does not kill him. David finally gets back on the throne. Absalom's been taken care of. Now David's coming back to bring the kingdom back together. And guess who shows up to meet him right off the bat? Go ahead, yes. Shimei does. Now watch what happens here. Go to 2 Samuel 19. 2 Samuel 19. Look at verse number 18. 2 Samuel 19, verse 18. Now David is finally coming back. He's going to be on the throne. All of Israel come out. Much of Judah came out to meet him. Everybody's down by the riverbanks. And people are starting to be named. Everything is starting to turn. David's coming back home where he's always belonged. And you remember uh, uh, it was uh, Shimei who was throwing stones, accusing him. That's because David looked like he was on the way down and on the way out. What a time to kick a person, eh? And so now David has turned around. King Saul's dead. Absalom's dead. He's coming back to the kingdom. Now he's going back up this way. Uh-oh. So guess what happened? Guess what Shimei does? He starts begging. Watch what happens here. Go to chapter 19, verse number 18. Actually, go up to verse 16. And Shimei, the son of Gera, so we know who we're talking about, a Benjamite, which was of Bahurim, hasted and came down with the men of Judah uh, to meet King David. Now, wait a minute. You're the bloody man. You're the guy who took over the kingdom. You're the one whose son became the king because you didn't have the right to be. Now he's meeting David. David's coming back, and he's going to come down here to pay obeisance to him. Verse 18, and there went over a ferry boat and carried over the king's household to do what he thought good. And Shimei, the son of Girah, fell down before the king. Wow, what a change. And he was come over Jordan and said to the king, <laughs> he remembers. Boy, did he remember. Let not my Lord impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember which thy servant did perversely the day that my Lord the king went out of Jerusalem. Oh, I hope you don't remember this. I, you probably do, but please don't hold this against me. It's like I didn't realize what I was doing and 
realize it or not, you have no business talking to a king that way. You have no business throwing stones at people that way. And you have no business bringing up a subject. You don't even know part of what was going on. But he did that. Now he realized, uh-oh, watch what happens here, that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. It's about time. Therefore, behold, I am come that <laughs> I'm first in line to tell you how happy I am that you're back. Watch what he says. He said to come first this day of the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai, the son of Zerah, now we know who this is, one of David's mighty men. And he said this, look, he hadn't let up on this guy yet. He's not going to. On the way out, he wants to cut his head off. Now he's back with David. By the way, he never left David. David was the king, he was with him. David's on the run, he's with him. David's coming back to be king, he's still with him. That's loyalty. But watch what happens here. Shall not Shimei be put to death for this? Now this is Abishai talking about this, this guy. Because he cursed the Lord's, uh, the Lord's anointed. He said, look, David, come on. You know what should happen to this guy. But David said this. If you go down and read, and I'm not going to read the rest of it. David said, look, I know I'm king. I, I know I'm the king. Stop worrying about that. I know I'm the king. Jerusalem knows I'm the king. Judah knows I'm the king now. I'm not worried about this. This is not a day for people to start murdering each other all over again. So David kind of calms the whole thing down. Like Abishai, loyal no matter what, always willing to openly defend the man he follows. Shimei, you always have these types of people around. They don't mind the blessings being around people when everything's going well. Why? It's good for them. They like that kind of stuff. But they are the first to criticize and throw stones when the time is right. You know why? You don't know whether they're loyal or disloyal. They're playing the in-between. Whoever wins, that's whose side I'm going to be on. This is why you hear about, take this for whatever it's worth, pastors will stay at a church when hundreds if not thousands of people come and go. And people think that's just what part of their job, that's what they ought to do. And most of them do. But when they finally decide to quit, they get criticized by every Shimei coming and going. I'm sorry, yeah, by every Shimei who, who wasn't really, you were just waiting, waiting. So you can tell everybody, I knew it. I knew that 35 years ago. I knew something was going to happen. 35 years ago when I first came to the church, or like one woman said, yeah, I was there in the beginning about 40 years ago. Uh, and and I, I just knew something was going to happen. Folks, you do understand every pastor is simply a human being. Anything can go wrong like it does in your life. But for some reason, you've got this God idea about a preacher that he never does anything wrong. He never falters. He never makes a mistake. He never makes a decision wrong. That is just not true. That's not even reality. So what happened here, they don't mind the blessings of being around David and his mighty men. But they are the first to criticize and throw stones. All loyal people, not all, all loyal, a loyal, a loyal as in me. They're tossed to and fro back and forth, up and down. Who's on top today that can help you? I'll side with him because I think it'll be good for me. And this is what they do. Always politicking in the shadows. Never really letting others know where they stand with the leadership. They're never really for, openly, and they're never really against, openly. They try to meet the needs of others, not to help and point to leadership, They use Absalom statements such as they never openly talk against, but they never openly talk for. So they use what I call Absalom statements like this. I would do this if I were the Lord. They didn't call out my name. didn't call out David's name. But you see what they just did? They cast suspicion. either you're for or against. Those are easy to pick out because both of them are open about it. One is loyal, and I'll let you know. One is disloyal, and I'll let you know. But all loyal people, it's just hard to take. But they make statements like, my judgments would be this. Not, they didn't say David's, Absalom did not say David's judgments is wrong. He's just telling you, I would do a better job. And he didn't say a better job than King David. He said, now, if, I, I were the, if I were the king, I mean, I'm not, but if I were. You ever hear people talk like that to you? Love the preacher to death. I've always liked a guy that's ready. I'd say, I didn't even have to teach you that part, did I? 
So what do we do? We don't actually talk against. But when it's time to talk for, we don't say that either. Those are all loyal people. When try, all loyal people, when trying to win over a crowd or a person, is so kind and loving. The Bible talks about this, about they have every evil thing in their heart. Be careful of who you listen to. Really, they, they, they lay it on so thick, it's enough to choke you with the sweetness. You remember Korah with, with uh, Moses said, you know all these people are as holy as you. You could choke on that sickening stuff. Who would believe that a congregation of over 2 million people were all righteous? But that's what he said. And then it dawned on Moses, he goes, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. First of all, doesn't it mean anything to you that God drew you to himself to use you in such a great position? And you, oh, I know what you're after. You're after the priesthood. But in that particular case, Korah openly defied Moses and the way God planned things. That is disloyal openly disloyal. Then you had people like Shimei who is openly loyal and the people that cause a lot of confusion until it finally comes out are the all loyal people. Now let me give you some observances and we'll try to get through this, okay? Number one, the absence of loyalty breeds disloyalty. Now you listen to me carefully. I hate to keep saying this because I, I don't want to make you nervous, but I'm not always being and there's going to come in people. Paul was really worried that after his departure, will come in among the flock, not caring about you at all. Now, this would be my worry, but I won't be here. So what happens is this. No one in my Christian life, my wife sitting right back here, in the two churches we spent most of our time in, we never did two things ever, no matter what the, the leader did. I'm not talking about falling into sin. I'm not talking about lying from the stand. I'm talking about I never talked against a pastor. Never, never, never. She said, well, you probably agreed with them. No. And by the way, just in passing, can I say this? I want all you youngsters to listen to me. Those would be you younger than I am. You have no right to go up to a staff member or an adult and talk to children. I don't care how smart you are or how you just graduated from college or high school or all of a sudden you're a grown-up because you're 18 or 19 years old. You never go up to an adult, especially somebody in position, and straighten them out from there. Yeah, but they were wrong. Keep it to yourself, or at least in Bible terms, I can't remember these verses here. Where was it? I wrote that down. Uh, you know you were wrong about this. Who in the world do you think you are? So in passing, I'm telling you, don't ever do it again. But this time I am after somebody. Now, so... What happens is I never talk about the preacher negative. I've never negative about the preacher, never. You see, when I sit on the platform, I always go, hey, man, that's right. Yeah, that's Bible right there. Yeah, tell them, preacher. Any doubt in my mind that I'm for them? I wonder about some of you men that don't amen. Are you just biding your time until you can finally say, see, that's why I don't live for the Lord. You're just waiting. You're all loyal. You're not loyal. Loyalty openly sides with right. Disloyal openly goes against what's right. All loyal people just sit there and stare. Look around the crowd. What are you waiting for? Why don't you just open your mouth and say amen? See, you won't even do it when I tell you to. There you go. So there we go. So I think you're all loyal. By the way, on a Sunday morning, you ought to watch when I'm preaching about queers and pants on women, stuff like that. You ought to watch people look like this. They're looking around for the disloyal and the all-loyal people. Everybody around here is disloyal. You know what they should hear? Amen, preacher, that's right. You tell them, all right, that's what God wants, that's for sure. Yeah, ladies ought to be doing that. You know why they go, I guess everybody's for it. But see, they're looking for the all-loyal. They're looking for the disloyal. And that's why they said, can I talk to you? So what happens here is this. I make no doubt in anybody's mind, especially in church or in front of my family in the privacy of my home, I don't want my children to think my dad always criticizes preachers and those in authority. I don't want them to even begin to go there. That's why to this day they don't. And they will tell you, 
My dad wouldn't let us do that at home. I never heard my mom and dad talking about other preachers. I never heard them yelling and screaming about stuff. So you just go ahead and think that that real thin paper thick wall is stopping them from hearing you talk about the preacher, talk about missionaries, talk about how we spend our money. Go ahead, you just tell them. Or they're looking at you, and when the preacher makes a statement, your kids look up at you, and you just, well, I'm not an amener. Learn. You say, well, ladies, I didn't think that was proper. You know how to do this? Now, it may bleed at first because they're not used to it. But you ought to get used to it. We'll stitch you up. You'll be okay. So what happens here? When there is an absence of open loyalty, it will breed disloyalty. Number two, the journey is always from loyal to all loyal to disloyal. It's always. It's always that way. Many people who are disloyal to their pastor today were probably not always that way. Something happened. They started off following David, loved him, and believed he was God's anointed leader for them, but because they did not take a strong, positive, open stand. Fellas, quit falling asleep in church. One way you can do that is to amen. I can't believe the other day when he was preaching that message, I'm watching people fall asleep, look at their watch, drift off in la-la land. You're staring at at a white wall. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? You know, if you simply amen, you have to be engaged or you're going to amen at the wrong time. That ought to keep you a little sharper, right? Oh, yeah, I better think about that before I amen. Good for you. Now you're engaged again. Because they did not take an open, strong, positive stand for leadership and against negative talk, not open slander, not open lies, not open gossip, not open tail-bearing, but negative talk. I, I didn't say it was him. I, I didn't call out his name. Absalom never called out his dad's name. He said, you know what I would do if I were the king? I'm not, but I mean, just if I were. <laughs> Doesn't that sound innocent? Doesn't that sound like he's trying to help? Doesn't that sound like just positive talk? No, it was undermining leadership, and he knew it, and I can prove that because later on he went against his dad and said, i got enough on my side now. How do you think splits in a church start? By the way, a gossip cannot do anything unless it has an ear that will listen. So it's not just the person talking. Many times the person that's listening. Well, I just wanted to know what they were trying to say. Why? All you have to do is sit in church and say, Amen, preacher! Amen! David, you tell him! Want me to go cut his head off? Okay, no, I don't want you to. It's a thought. So there we go. Now, talk that raises doubt. They fell into the, the all-loyal trap. Why won't you be positive about what goes on? The reason there aren't any right now people that are against leadership, because the majority, I believe, are for it. You'd be real foolish. You only have like 1.2 friends anyway. So you're getting ready to run them off as soon as you got kids. You talking about preacher? Again, as far as I know, I'm letting you off the hook right now. There's nobody in here like that. Now you got all kids. Yeah, he doesn't know yet. Good, wonderful. Watchful, they become watchful of leadership. They become suspicious of leadership. They become critical of leadership. Become fearful of being misled. Start believing others that do not care for David. What kind of friends are these things? Tells my family when they're out there, tell them to shut up. We don't talk that way. What are you afraid of? They're not for your church and your preacher and what goes on here anyway. What are you afraid of? Run them off? They're really not here. So what happened, this will ultimately lead to disloyalty. So number one, the absence of loyalty breeds disloyalty. Number two, the journey is always from loyal to disloyal to all loyal. All loyal to disloyal. Okay, number three, the disloyal person rarely turns back to being loyal. Rarely, if ever. This is why, though Shimei repents and asks David to forgive him, he never receives any place of prominence or title or authority, and later he disobeys again, and David had to have him killed. He never learned. He never sided with David. 
He only did this because David's coming back on the throne. I'm in trouble now. I know what I'll do. He's already plotting and planning. Reminds me of Jacob back in his day. Anything that will spare me, give me the advantage. And on your way out, I'm going to tell you what I think about on your way back in. Look, I'm going to miss it. And he ends up dying. So I said number three, the disloyal person rarely turns back to loyalty. Number four, open, loyal, listen to me, peer pressure. You know what peer pressure is? There's people on your level if you will, okay, congregationally. In David's case, it would be people in his camp. Open, loyal peer pressure stops the spread of the cancerous disloyalty. You want to stop somebody dead in their tracks? Let's see if I can find this. I always make a mistake when I do this. I go to Proverbs. Let me show you something. So doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. You want to call somebody to stop? What did you just say? Don't backbite me. I don't mean anything. Don't backbite me. Now, they won't be quiet in any other way. Sometimes you just got to get that bad face. Ladies, you know what you do with a kid. You kind of just like, so. Open, loyal peer pressure stops the spread of cancerous disloyalty. Throughout David's kingdom, if anywhere people went, there was a constant positive input about open loyalty shown towards David, it would stop a lot of the disloyalty. Why are people afraid to say anything? Well, I think they're afraid. Nobody comes and talks to us like that. There are people in this room that nobody ever goes to and says anything negative. You know why? It's not because they don't know. It's because they do know. They won't put up with it. The reason they found a kind ear with you is because you're all loyal. You're not openly for, and you're not openly against. So you listen to find out what's really going on. So what do we have here? What they should have said throughout the kingdom is, what a king we have. What a king. Isn't David doing a great job? I mean, how are you going to say something negative to a guy that did that? Openly. Isn't it a blessing to be with a man like David? My God, what a man. Isn't that something? If all the people would say that, where, where would Shimei, where would he come up with talking this way? Where would anybody go against David? They got David at a bad time, and everybody starts piling on, and you need a lot of positive input that time. David's been for us through the fat times and through the lean times. Man, what a king we've got. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Number five, loyalty overlooks the insignificant, while disloyalty focuses on the insignificant. We call it nitpicking. I just think it's important. Okay, show me in the Bible why it's important. Well, that may not be in the Bible, but I think it is. That's all it takes. Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picking on you ladies now. I'm picking on men. Abishai says David is a mighty man. Man, I like that guy. What a guy. I'll fight with him anytime. 
David, Abishai says, David established a place for us. Look at what he did. Abishai says, David sure stays at it, doesn't he? Man, what a worker. Look at him. David's always thick and thin. David's always willing to give himself. David is God's anointed leader for us. Now, that's a loyal person. He openly makes those kinds of statements. Then you have Absalom. Absalom, the pretty boy. The guy that was at the gate saying, eh, something's not right. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. But if I were the judge, when somebody hesitates like that, you know they're getting ready to puke on you. So Absalom says, David has made some wrong decisions, in my opinion, in my opinion. He's my dad, love him, but, you know, I'm just telling you, I would do things differently. He didn't say one thing about David. Not one open criticism about David. But look at what he's really saying. I don't think maybe David cares like he used to. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not insinuating. I'm just saying, does it seem that way to you? You notice how people inquire that way? Does it, does it, does it, does it, do you see it that way? Absalom says things like, David seems to be a little too busy to pay much attention to me. He's too busy. Is, is that an accusation? Is that a bad thing? Yes. I remember somebody told me a story about Brother Hiles years ago. There was a lady in this rather rotund in the choir, and he was preaching along. You know how preachers do. Take a little liberty and happened to mention it. And so, so later on, one of the ladies on staff was walking through the college and overheard this person talking about David Hiles. And so I know who it was too. That's what Ruth said. You know what she said? Brother Hiles must love you. He doesn't just say anything. He knew that would be okay, and he loves you. Oh, yeah, I know that. See, see what happened? The positive the positive on that. You think a preacher says everything, well, you know that, me, right? Everything right, responds everything right, never messes up. What, what, you can't think that way. David was the king over an entire kingdom, and look what he had to put up with. So if you're nitpicking about things, you're going to find something. Really? Why doesn't the preacher have this place swept? That's it. That's the problem. Where's the doctrine? Uh, I can't say anything about his doctrine. I know you can't. It's not there. Well, you know, I'm not sure I would I would form Sunday schools the way he did. Okay, well, go build your own church. What's the big deal? Amen. Have at it. But don't come here and start, you know, so it's a good idea, but, you know, I would do it. Why did you even say that? You're not going to do it, so why even bring it up? So what do we have here? We have Absalom, who was absolutely disloyal openly. Abishai says David brought victory time and time again. I was with him. I know what he did. That's what a loyal person says. David wants what's best for the kingdom more than for himself. That would be these guys here. They could be making money. They could have retirement. All the things you worry about, they don't even have. That's why I will not put up with criticism concerning this. I can criticize and I'll straighten up. You're not going to. You have no idea what they have to learn. I've already been where they're just now getting started. And it's hard to learn some of those things. So when they talk out of turn, say, give me a time, let me work with you. But that's not up to you to do that. So David has a heart after God. And this is what Abishai would say. Shimei, I think they praise him a little too much, what I think. Hmm. And he say that openly. Hey, bloody man, I, 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 I know how you got the kingdom. Yeah, I know. That belongs to Saul, or at least that's why your son Absalom has it, because God's trying to teach you a lesson. It seems to me they honor him more than they should. It sounds to me that those who constantly raise question do not raise question about significant things, but about insignificant things. They don't raise question about doctrine or direction, or soul winning. 
or past victories. For example, or faithfulness, standing on the truth. It sounds like Absalom was a little jealous over his own daughter because he got to, I just don't think he's handling everything like he might have done if he'd been king. Just survey sales, I'm being facetious. How many of you have ever built a church? Raise your hand. For a month? A week? You thought about it and quickly took the trash out. No way, Jose. But isn't it something how we sit here We'll see somebody else in the congregation address that. Why doesn't the preacher do something about that? I could say this. Why don't you mind your own business? But I care about you too. So why don't you mind your own business? So that's what's happening. And then number six. Loyalty is to a principle, not just a person. Loyalty is to a principle, a truth, not just a a person. Abishai was not loyal to David because David was on topside or whether he was on the bottom. That's not why he was loyal. He loved David, but that's not the only reason he was loyal. He wasn't loyal because David, everything worked out right or David was on, it didn't make any difference to him. It didn't make any difference to him David was his personal close friend or not. Well, we're close friends and I, that's why I agree with him. That's a dumb reason. I tell you all the time, appreciate you liking me, but shouldn't we say because of the Bible? The Bible teaches this. The Bible tells us that. We find out here David was, whether David was pure or David had fallen into sin, Abishai was loyal to principle and loyalty. Abishai understood all that was going on or not. He didn't really need to know. God told me I'm supposed to is God's anointed man and God will take care of him. It's not up to you. I don't care who's in this position or what other church you go to. You're not there to straighten out the kingdom. Now this may sound real arrogant to you but that's none of your business. You did not call me. They did not call David. God did that. When he was a nobody and God brought him to this level and said you're my man. I anointed you. And as much as David messed up from that point on every king's child was compared to David and his throne and the way he did things, and the Bible says, except for uh, Bathsheba, or Uriah the Hittite. Other than that, David, I mean, God loved David. David was a man after God's own heart. Abishai, the true loyal people, are not only loyal primarily of a person, but because of the principle. Your local preacher is God's Just what we've done, we have torn down. Uh, I was talking to a guy the other day when we went away. He said, well, George, nice to talk to you. <clears throat> you said, what would you do? I said, I'll see you later. Do you know why I don't like people calling me by my first name? It's not because I'm somebody special. You're losing respect for the position that God ordained as being something special. It's not because I deserve it. It's because the position is special. This guy had no right to talk to me. He's the king, and you are who? What, who, who? You shouldn't be talking that way. David was his personal close friend. They're not Abishai. You do not touch God's anointed. These are the reasons for people to stay loyal to David, but not because he was perfect, because he wasn't. They always agree with him. Everyone agrees with him. That's not the reason for loyalty. It's not just the person. This is what we've done to the presidency of the United States. Nobody respects the president. Not just him, almost any of them. You know Trump, we know Biden. You mean Mr. Biden, you mean president. Well, I don't like him, then respect the position. Because see, if you're ever in there, none of us will be. That's why I'd shoot myself. If you're ever in there, people won't respect you either. You know why? Because you didn't have any respect for the man. You respect the position. 
and also the person. But if not the person, we respect the position. This is why they should not have been talking about David that way. These are the reasons for people to stay loyal to David. Not because he was perfect. Not because they always agreed with him. Not because everybody agreed with him, but because the position was king and it was God's anointed man. That's the reason that you do that. Same thing with pastoring. We have brought pastors down to Charlotte. Please don't ever say this. Oh, pastors and lawyers. Don't you dare cuss at me like that. Lawyers, lawyers are after money and they're after getting ahead. That's not me. So don't put me in the same category with a bunch of people because of their education goes right for the juggler and money wallet every time they turn. I don't do that. Actually, I have a tough time telling you we're not making ends meet. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. Number seven. Loyalty is blind to the critics of the community. Loyal people are just blind to that. You say, that's not good. Don't you want to know the truth? Sure, let's know the truth about you too. Okay, Rick, Rick, your turn. Let me, let me tell everybody a thing I know about you, okay? And I'll tell them anything I know about you. And well, then I'll talk about you. I don't really know everything, but it seems to be, and I'll just talk. Is that okay? But it's easy when you hear because, look, my life for the most part is in good hands. David was king. It's easy to look at the throne and go, wonder why he doesn't do this, why he doesn't do that. It's like watching football on Spotify, right? That stupid coach. How many of you have ever been the coach of a college team? Please raise your hand. Okay, ready? Something a little easier. President of the United States. Build a church. Boy, if somebody would listen to us, we could straighten out the world's problems. Don't we? Loyalty is blind to the critics of their leaders. Abishai, how can you follow David? Why do you continue to stay loyal? He's been up. He's been down. He's made some bad decisions. He fell into sin. They think you're blind to your later leader's fault. That's not true. Listen carefully. They just do not want to hear them advertised. That's Bible. Love covereth the transgression. It doesn't advertise it. Well, it's true. Guess what I found out? Why would you want to do that, especially to a leader? They understand it's their job to be loyal. It's God's job to train a leader. Churches don't train leaders. Colleges do not make leaders. Actually, most leaders don't want to be leaders. They just rather be a follower and have somebody else handle things. Because I think you'll find out that great followers make great leaders and follow leaders. You're not a great leader because you're educated, because you think you're worthy material. Actually, you'll probably think you can use that. You think too much of yourself. The Bible says humility before honor. You have to go down before you go up. You understand? You have to suffer before you're accepted. That's Bible. Abishai had been with David for years. He knew David's upbringing. He, knew, he was there the whole time. He, he knew, you just left the kingdom, didn't you? Because your son, I want to join him. Hey, let's go. Let's, I, I like the way this guy stands and fights. I'm going to be with him. And then he's back on the throne trying to pull everything together, and guess what? Talent. Guess who was still with him? openly loyal. He didn't care what people thought about him. I'm going to let you know what I think about my leader. That's all he cared about. Listen, loyal people are not blinded to the faults and sins and shortcomings of the leader. They're not. They remain loyal because he is God's anointed leader for them at their local church and in their personal life. And until God replaces him, good, bad, or indifferent, they shall do and be what God says followers should be. Look, I have a guy that can barely speak English. Amen to that. While the rest of you stare and wonder, I'm going like that. Well, I think this is right. But, huh. but what if I know something? See, that's what we've been taught to do by the, by the world. We think Abishai, being this close to David, didn't know his fault or failures, his doubts, his fears. He ran from Saul and wouldn't kill him. Why? He didn't run and walk in. I don't know why he didn't kill him. We had him one day right down there. I don't know what was wrong with him. I even told him I'd kill him for him. You never brought that up. 
first time. Obey them that had rule over you. Lessons on loyalty. Number one, the absence of loyalty breeds disloyalty. Number two, the journey is always from loyalty to all loyalty or disloyalty. Number three, the disloyal person rarely turns back to being loyal. Number four, loyal peer pressure stops the spread of the cancerous disloyalty. All you got to do to stop somebody from saying something negative or hurtful is be openly positive about them. Loyalty overlooks the insignificant while disloyalty focuses on the insignificant. I know it may not be like a big deal to you, but I think, what, what are you doing? You know, the Bible says, I forget what it says, I can't find the exact wording, but it talks about a woman tearing down a house with her own hands. Why would you do such a thing, Sam? I'm going to tear everything apart and I'm going to destroy everything that I own. That's like being in a boat and shooting a hole in it so you can keep your clothes on. Look, you're both in the boat. You're going to go down because of what you just did. Wouldn't it be better to pull together? The devil's already after this place. The devil's already after you. The devil's already after your kids. The devil's already after our nation. The devil is already after the cause of Christ. He does not need our help. And all it takes is somebody going, that help you? service. And when I preach on money and tithing and being a robber, that's what you are if you're not doing it. And you ought to just say, Amen. Take your pill like a grown man. If you're not doing right in your family, I have an obligation to tell you what we should be doing. I'm going back. That's my business. It is my business. Number six, loyalty to a principle, not just a Respect the person, respect the position the person's in until God moves them. Let God move them. Get them. Thus, loyalty is blind criticism. You know why? I don't care. My job is to be loyal. God's job is to teach and instruct. By the way, that's what God has done all these 51 years. I thought you were right. Any authority in the world? I'm loyal. Remember, remember that children's song? for an inroad to ruin what you talk about in marriage. Man, we could come up and change. I wonder what happened that day when they showed up here and there was 12 of them just sitting there talking, talking about the old ways. And we were a part of the wrath of the righteous sinner mob forcing our opinion as to what is right to support that mob. David finally got back on the throne. All of Judah showed up. By the way, those that didn't, Hudson used to do this all the time. Every time he did that, it was for you to say amen. He said, am I right? I'm not going to do that. 
why should I have to tell adults to agree with their preacher when they meet at Walmart? Why don't you let your wife or children know that you say amen? Amen doesn't necessarily mean agreement. It means I agree, and it's biblical. Sometimes somebody's going to come in here expected it and you didn't mind it because of that. You just thought it was necessary. That's baptism. I said if I went to a Presbyterian church and I fell asleep before I got home, I'm still fine. There's people in the parking lot sleeping in their car. They can't even get in yet. But that's the way he was taught. So just because you haven't heard something before doesn't mean it's not true or not true. Learn to amen. I told you how I learned to amen, right? As soon as I learned, I said amen a long time. Get over it. It's like singing with no music. We don't even know how to come to the altar unless there's a piano playing in the background. I, I have no idea what that accomplished with the altar, but there's no music. How do I do that? Go to the altar. Well, what if the preacher says something? I will. Look, folks, we got folks at the altar. Let's go and pray. Look, look, you're not perfect. 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 You really ain't perfect. You're not perfect. Neither are you. Neither are you. Neither are you in the back. You sat back there because your back's hurting. You try to stay as far. Ah, the yelling hurts my ears. No, it doesn't. You sleep half the time. Fall in love with what God has given you. Make it noticeable that you're for it. So, preacher, I'm not against you. So you don't verbally and physically show you are for it. Don't openly say anything so you are for it. You don't know yet. You're not sure yet. Therefore, you're getting ready to be preached on. Now, I believe somebody's going to get this. But, Father, thank you for.